But I'm, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, I was a little concerned driving in this morning because uh, it's still a holiday and a lot of people are traveling and a lot of people's kids are still out of school. So a lot of people still making the best of this time to, to, to travel around some. So I appreciate you being here. I'm glad you're here. I was, I was expecting to be a pretty thin group. I didn't know. Um, I was, when I was on the way in, I, I was thinking about this story that I heard when I was in Kentucky about a preacher who, it was a Sunday morning and the weather was just terrible. I mean, it was bitter cold. It had snowed all night. There were two or three feet of snow. It was just really a terrible day. Uh, and uh, the pastor, of course, lived next door. And so he, he went to the church and um, only one old farmer showed up. That was it. Nobody else came. And so he told him, he said, well, you know, since it's just the two of us, we can just pray together and you can, you can go home. And the man said, well, preacher, you know, when I go out to feed my cows, if only one of them shows up, I still feed her. And, and so he said, well, okay then. And uh, he got up and he had quite a sermon prepared and he, boy, he went, he got going. He was pounding the pulpit. He preached for 40 minutes and it was a stem winder. And when he finished, he walked to the back, was standing by the door and um, the old farmer walked by and he said, well, preacher, if only one cow shows up, I feed her, but I don't give her the whole truckload. Well, tomorrow is 2024. The bad news is another year is gone. The good news is we made it. Uh, and we're here on the brink of a new year. And, uh, you know, this is really a good time, you know, New Year's Eve. This is really a good time to, for reflection, to kind of think about uh, what our lives were like last year. What are the good things that happened to us last year that we are grateful for? Uh, some of the things that came our way that we give, you know, God thanks for. Uh, all those good things that we look back on. And then maybe we look back on some things that, that didn't turn out so well. Uh, maybe we look at our own lives and, and think, what are some things that I can do differently in this coming year to make my life better than it was this last year? You know, are there some changes I need to make to get my life on the track that I want it to be on? And so this is always a good time to think about that because New Year is like being handed a clean slate. I mean, we get to start all over and uh, we get to try to make this year something, something even better than last year. Uh, and, you know, and so I'm not really talking about New Year's resolutions or good intentions, but those actual commitments that we are willing to make to, to put our lives on the track we, we think they ought to be on, to put our lives on the track that we can be everything God created us to be. And so this morning, I want to read you a story that's from the uh, book of Leviticus. It's found in chapter 25. And I'll begin reading in verse 8. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. 
Do not sow, do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the unintended vines, for it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since the jubilee, and they are to sell to you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops. When the years are many, you're to increase the price. And when the years are few, you're to decrease the price. Because what is really being sold to you is the number of crops. Do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord, your God. I know that was the most inspiring New Year's passage you've read in a long time. But it's really interesting because in this chapter, God gives them guidelines for what uh, a holiday that he calls the year of Jubilee. Now, the Hebrew word Jubilee literally means ram's horn. And so the year of Jubilee would begin like every year with the blowing of a ram's horn. Uh, the blowing of the ram's horn signaled the new year. It was sort of the um, Hebrew equivalent of the apple in Times Square. Um, let you know the new year was here. But the year of Jubilee was a very special year. It only occurred every 50 years. So there's seven days in a week, and the seventh day was considered to be the Sabbath. It was a holy day. And so every seven years, the seventh year was considered also to be a Sabbath year. And so it was considered a special holy year. And so seven times seven years is 49 years. And so the next year then was considered a, a, a really um, special year, which they call the year of Jubilee. And um, all, these, all these incredible things were going to happen on that year. Um, so every seven, seventh year or 49 years, the, the next year would be the year of Jubilee. And um, I'm like you, I wish there wasn't that much math in this story. <laughs> and we're not even in the book of Numbers. Um, so some wonderful things happened, though, during the year of Jubilee. Slaves were free every 50 years. If you were a slave when the year of Jubilee rolled around, you were released. You were set free. So in those days, a person got into debt they would often sell themselves into slavery. And then they would be a slave for the rest of their life. Some people would sell their children into slavery to pay off a debt. And those children would be slaves for the rest of their lives. Or sometimes two people who were slaves, who were married, would have a child. That child is born into slavery, so that child becomes a slave for the rest of their life. They have no there's, there's no choice, there's, there's nothing they can do about it. But on the 50th year, they're free. Whether they've been a slave for 49 years or whether they've been a slave for one year, when the year of Jubilee rolls around, they're free. They're given their freedom. And then um, during the year of Jubilee, there was no crops harvested. And uh, that, that was supposed to illustrate at least two things. One, it gave the land a rest. It reminded people that the land belonged to God, not them. 
and that they were to be good stewards of it, which is, you know, a fascinating thing to me because I grew up on a farm and I knew, I've known a lot of farmers and especially some of the older farmers who knew how to rotate their crops and let land lie fallow or at at the worst, they they would plant it in hay, but they wouldn't harvest it and they would purposefully rotate around so that the soil could be enriched and that's what God's saying to do, to let the land recover and not just get everything you can out of it all the time. And then the second thing is it reminded people they could trust God. A little later in this chapter, it says, but if you say, what are we going to eat on the seventh year if we do not sow or gather in crops? Then I will so order my blessings for you in the sixth year that it will bring forth the crop for three years. So God said, if you'll just trust me in this, if you'll do what I ask you to do, I'll, take, I'll provide for you. Uh, it's sort of like the story of the manna in the wilderness. God said, gather it six days. Don't gather it on the seventh day. I'll make sure on the sixth day you have all you need so that the seventh day will be a Sabbath and you don't do this work. It was all about whether or not we, we trust God to provide. And so all during this year uh, of Jubilee, land was returned to its original owner. So um, if someone had bought land in the year of Jubilee, the land went back to the person you bought it from. Uh, Owning land uh, in those days is what secured a person's ability to provide for themselves. So if you lost your land, you were never going to get ahead. You You were pretty much... It was can't, your life was canceled out. There's no way you're going to get ahead if you have no land because you have no way to produce things except doing it for other people in which they're going to get the benefit and you're going to get very little. And so every 50 years, the land was given back. It's, um, it's sort of like when we play Monopoly. Uh, you know, some people, when it comes to the game of Monopoly, they're just a little more savvy about making deals. And some people are just lucky because they land on the right spots and they don't land on the expensive property when they go around the board. But at the end of the game, everything belongs to one person. That's how the game works. And then the next time we play Monopoly, we, uh, we all start even again, and, and, and we all start out to see who can win this time. But imagine that you play the first game of Monopoly and whoever wins the next time you play the game, they start with what they ended with the last game. You're never going to be able to win. (laughs) They're always going to win because they always have everything at the very beginning, and you never get a chance to get in the game. And that's why, um, you know, I know it's beloved in our country, but capitalism is monopoly. And if there are no checks then everything in the end ends up in the hands of a few. And so this was to prevent that from happening. It was to give everybody a chance. Every 50 years, they had a chance to start over. If your parents lost the land, you got it back. And you weren't penalized because your parents uh, had lost it. You, You got a chance. So it's a great year this year of Jubilee. I mean, if you're a slave, you're gonna be free. That's wonderful. If you've lost most of your land, it comes back to you. Um, You have all these incredible things that are going to happen that's going to give everybody a chance. 
Now, it's not a great year if you happen to own a bunch of land and a bunch of slaves uh, because you have to give them back. And that's always the way it works when we talk about trying to make you know, justice and fairness and all this stuff that, you know, when you have it, you don't want to give any of it up. Um, but but here, here's an opportunity, the way God said to arrange it so that everybody had a chance, everybody had an opportunity, at least every 50 years. Uh, and it, it kind of teaches us the stewardship. You know, when they bought the land, you know, the land was good for growing crops. And so, so God said, well, if, if there's 30 years left before Jubilee, then you pay for 30 years worth of crops. If there's only five years left to Jubilee, then you only pay for five years worth of crops. So the value of the land is also controlled by this year of Jubilee to keep everything on an even basis for folks. So you read about that and you say, this is quite an idea, this concept that, you know, every 50 years people kind of get to start over and see how, you know, get an opportunity. So how did this work out for them? And here's the thing that's fascinating to me. They never did it. <laughs> uh, in all of the scripture and in all of the books outside of scripture that record the history, there is never ever a mention of them actually doing the year of Jubilee for the reasons you would imagine. The people who had the land didn't want to give it back. The people who had the slaves didn't want to set them free. And when the year of Jubilee rolled around, nobody blew the horn. Nobody said, this is the year of Jubilee. And it's so sad to me because it sounds so familiar. Once they actually got into the land God promised them, then they forgot to do things the way God told them to do it. The 50th year, the year of Jubilee rolled around and nobody knew it. The slaves were free, but nobody blew the horn to tell them. And so they continued picking the olives and cutting the grain and they went home with tired backs and numbed dreams. It was a time for people to trust God and depend on God to provide instead of their own ingenuity and their own two hands. But no one blew the horn. So everybody just put their faith in their own ability and their own, keep growing the crops every year and get as much as you can. And no one trusted God to provide. When I thought about this, I realized I've had a few Jubilee years myself. Maybe you have. You know that year when you promised that you were going to really, this year, read the Bible every day and have a time that you spoke with God, and, but that year never came. Or the year that you were going to really look at what your gifts were and get involved in a ministry that helped other people and put time into helping other folks and not just for yourself, but for others. And then that year never came. And then there's that thing that you've been struggling with that you know keeps you from being who God created you to be and you want to get rid of this habit in your life. And this was going to be the year you got rid of it, but you didn't. And that year never came. We all drag around a lot of years that never were. But some of you, I think all of us, 
also have had some very good years. When we decided we were going to make some changes in our lives, and by the grace of God, we did. And our lives are so much better. There were those times when we decided we were going to be a little less selfish and we're going to look at other people and try to do things for them. And we ended up doing things that surprised ourselves. We didn't know we had it in us. And yet God used us to do things we'd never thought of. We look back at the good things that have happened to us, the things that God, we've been able to accomplish. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you You know, we're on the brink of 2024. So don't let 2024 be a jubilee year. (laughs) That never happens. Let it be a jubilee year that we live out. Let let the commitments that we make with God's help be the things that we follow through with. When we look at the things in our life that we want to do differently, or that we want God to help us in a certain direction, let let this be the year that those things really actually happen. I believe the year of Jubilee can still happen. There's still people who come home every night with tired backs and numb dreams. We get to blow the horn and tell them that there is a God who loves them and who will help them through what they're going through. There are still people who get ulcers because they think if they can't get everything done with their own two hands and their own mind, it's all on their shoulders. And we can blow the horn and say there is a God who loves you and you can trust, who will help you and guide you in your life. It's not all up to you. God is there to give us strength and give us direction. It can be a real year of jubilee. It can be a year in which we, in our own lives, can become more of who God created us to be. It's a year in which we as a church can fulfill the vision God has for us here at St. Paul. Do do all the things that, that, that God puts in our heart and puts in our mind. So I'm looking forward to 2024. I really am. I'm excited about what I think God will do in our community. I'm excited about what I think God will do through this church. I'm excited about what I think God will do through you and me individually when I give them the chance. I'm excited that this can be a year of jubilee. And maybe we can even extend our our faith past our personal lives and even our own church into the society at large and see what are the ways and things we can do that makes it more just and fair and equitable for everyone. That the year of Jubilee become a reality. I remember the first time I read all this in the Old Testament, I thought, How, what? that's amazing. And then I kept reading and realized <laughs> they never did it. <laughs> It was an amazing opportunity, and they never did it. 2024 is an amazing opportunity that is before us. I pray that we will seize it, that we will make it happen, that we will blow the horn, that we will experience the year that God intends 
for each of us to have. Amen.